Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Heavenly Father, I pray you help me tonight. God, thank you for this good place. God, thank you for the liberty that's here. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we can come together as a group of people that are saved and, and shout and laugh and smile about heaven that's fixing to be ours. And God, I just pray you bless tonight. Lord, I need you. You know where I fail at. And God, I pray that you'd strengthen me and help me and help this church, Lord. And I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I just want you to know that if you know that I thought about entitling this someone else's storm because there was people that were affected by Jonah's backslidden state. I mean, there was a whole ship, man. I don't know how many was on board, but there was a bunch of them on board that had to endure a storm that was specifically sent for this backslidden preacher. Amen. By the way, we got some preachers here tonight. Amen. Hey, it's easy to get backslidden. Amen. You need a preacher in your life. Every preacher needs a preacher in their life. Somebody that ain't scared to look you right in the eyeball and preach to you the word of God. Amen. I'm telling you I'm a preacher and I get backslidden. Amen. And we all need preaching too. Amen. Brother Don and Brother Dex tanned my hide plenty of time. Amen. Got me back on it. Hey, amen. Got me back on track. Praise the Lord. Now, I ain't veering too far. I ain't like Jonah and running and buying a ticket and going to another city. But I'm going to tell you something. It don't matter. You can still be backslidden and sitting in a pew. Most people think that being backslidden is getting out of church. But you can sit right there and your heart and mind be a million miles away. Amen. So this storm, your storm that God's having to send to gather you up, and to get you right is affecting all of us. Would you have a little mercy on the rest of us? Maybe we're tired of riding the waves out. Huh? We're getting a little seasick. I mean, we've turned green and purple and all the shades that there are when you get motion sickness. Would somebody calm this storm? Would you just straighten up, please? Amen. Amen. So, I want you to look at the things that God has prepared to get Jonah's attention. God, in this whole story of Jonah, God is trying to get his man right. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if he ever got right. I mean, I'd like to write the ending of this book and say Jonah went down to an old-fashioned meeting. He went ahead and got home, and he went into Nineveh, had a great revival, and then he sat under that gourd, and then he went back home, and he got under an old-fashioned meeting, got down there, and some uh, leather-lunged, slobber-mouthed, uh, loud-mouthed preacher got to preaching, and, and old Jonah got down in the altar and th got things right with God, got that warm, fuzzy feeling back so he can minister to people the right way. But it don't say that. Don't say that. But notice the first thing that God sent was a great fish to swallow him up. They had tried everything to keep him in the boat too. 
Y'all know the story. I mean, they, they had tried everything. Now, we don't want to throw you overboard, Jonah. Let's keep you in here. Let's be reasonable. Let's think about this now. But there was nothing. If they didn't throw him overboard, the water was fixing to come in and get him. And it was going to mess with them too. What's God prepared to swallow you up? Is it physical health? Financial debt? Troubled teen? That'll take you down to the depths. A gnawing addiction? Death of a loved one? Don't act surprised that God would do something like that. How He will. And He does. Can't you see He's trying to get you right? Look in chapter 2 and verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Now it doesn't say anything about Jonah praying in the boat. If Jonah would have prayed in the boat, perhaps he wouldn't have had to have that meeting with the fish. And perhaps that fish had spent the last part of his life, all his well life, he trying to get that taste of hominy and black licorice out of his mouth. Because I'm sure that's what a backslidden Baptist preacher tastes like. Licorice or hominy. Amen. It's bad stuff. But if he had prayed in a boat, then he might not have had to pray in the whale. But somehow that prayer that was in the fish's belly made it all the way to the throne. Maybe you need another night in the whale's belly. Hmm. God spoke to the fish. Chapter 2 and verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish. That's a wild story, ain't it? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I pretend like I talk to them. I feed my fish, catfish on the bank. I get out there and get on the dock out there and throw my fish food out there and I talk to them. And I say, hey, one whisker, bisker, how are you doing today? But I'm really just joking around. I mean, I know they really can't hear me communicate, but God is communicating with this whale. Matter of fact, he had the coordinates. He, he knew that whale's name and everything else. And when God said, well, I got a job for you, he said, ah, Captain, what is it? He said, I'm fixing to throw a backslidden preacher overboard. And he said, I want you to be at such and such time and swallow him up. Don't chew on him, just swallow him. And now the Lord says to the fish, he spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Oh, wow. Some kind of God, ain't it? And then he pukes him up. And Jonah's got a new start. And he preaches in chapter 4 or chapter 3. In verse number 4, he, he goes around preaching to Nineveh. Not everybody understands why he didn't want to go. These Assyrians were cruel people, man. I mean, they were awful people, and you can understand why he didn't want to go. But this is getting ridiculous. But Jonah goes, he decides he better do something about it. Amen. You ever been, you, you remember, <laughs> you remember what it was like to be called to preach? Some of y'all obeyed and, and done exactly what you're supposed to do. Then some of you wrestled with the Lord about it. And you were just obedient enough, your heart really wasn't in it, but you were doing it just to get him off your back. Well, that's what Jonah's doing. 
He's not, his heart's not in it. Listen, tonight, I care more about your soul than you think I do. I'm not here to preach for amens or laughter or, 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 or people clapping their hands or applause or anything else. I'm preaching because I honestly care that your soul is going to a devil's hell or whether it's going to heaven. I honestly care if you get right with God tonight. Amen. Jonah, Jonah didn't care. He didn't care. Matter of fact, he wished they'd still die and go to hell. But he preached anyway. He was obedient. And Jonah began to enter into a city a day's journey. And he cried and said, this was his message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Eight word message. Walk off. Mic drop. (laughs) He didn't even say, would you all bow your heads and close your eyes for a word of prayer. He didn't even do any of that. He just preached. But they repented. They repented of their wickedness and they turned to God. And then I could see the news reporter coming down to interview Jonah. Jonah, because of your preaching, you sparked the greatest revival the Assyrians have ever seen. Perhaps the greatest revival in the Old Testament, period. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, look in chapter 4, verse 3. Therefore now, he said, well, me and Jerry Falwell is going to pray about it. And he said, therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Now, you'd think that somebody that had just got through preaching and a great revival break out in a city that he'd be happy that he was a part of the team. Are y'all still with me? He said, I just wish I could die. That's a mess, ain't it? It's a mess. But you see God prepared that Great fish, but there's another thing that God prepares for Jonah. Look in uh, ver- uh, chapter 4 and verse number 6. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd. God says, you're not thinking right. You've perhaps got too much sun. I'm going to give you a grief gourd. Y'all know what I'm talking about, grief gourd, victory gardens, all them stuff that they talk about now that I don't understand, them support animals. I'm going to start going in Walmart, my support animal, two walker hounds that don't even know how to lead, and I'm going to tie them on. Now, listen, I've got, if somebody needs a support animal, whether it's a horse, a, a cow, a, a pig, or a, a dog, whatever they need, I'm all for them having it, amen? But there's people that take advantage of the system. Amen. So God gave Jonah a grief gourd. He said, this will help you. Maybe you're not thinking too clearly. 
Amen. Maybe you need to think about this for a little bit and think about what's going on. Maybe that sun's getting to your head. But you know that's just like God. That's just like God. Even though Jonah's heart wasn't right, he was obedient to what God told him to do. And he did what God told him to do. Even though he is still in self-destruct mode, God provided him some shade. Boy, ain't God merciful and long-suffering. You remember the time, you remember the time when you wouldn't do what he wanted you to do? But he was long-suffering. He didn't just kill you and take you out. He gave you another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance. I mean, we ought to shout all the way till he gets back for the chances that he has given us to get right with him. Amen. Then don't act like he ain't gave you some. Because he has. I know he has. Because you're the same makeup I am. We was all scooped up out of the ground. Amen. We all come from Adam. Amen. But then, I got to thinking about this. God, so that's why I love that song. He never gave up. I like that, don't you? He never gave up on me. But sometimes God will give you a little break, break from the heat so you can think straight. You got some time to get right. And then it says, it says in that verse that Jonah, what did it say that he said in, in verse 6, and the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad of the gourd. Well, I'm glad that he was glad about something. It's about time he got his glad pants on. He's been wearing them frowny sad pants for a long time, amen. He's been wearing them, uh, them uh, pity party pants for way too long, amen. He's an emotional wreck. He's got stretchy pants on, man. I'm telling you, it's bad for old Jonah. Amen, he's about to have an emotional breakdown, but now he's found something to be glad over. He's glad over the gourd. Mm. Now there's some preach right here. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm around people all the time glad of the gourd. But are missing the point. When Jesus, when Jesus had to deal with these disciples here on this earth, he dealt with his disciples and they come back rejoicing, man. They come back skipping and, and jumping and hollering and saying, Lord, we're rejoicing because the devils and demons are subject unto us. And he said, don't rejoice over that. Them are gourds, boys. But rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Some people get happy about gourds when you need to be getting happy that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I mean, we need to take survey every day. Just stop before we get too far out of the way from the bed. I mean, down on our knees and say, God, thank you for saving me. Amen. But we'll spend our time thanking him for the gourds. Boy, we'd be glad of the gourds. Man, there's people that are glad that they got a nice vehicle, they got a nice house, and they got a nice this and that. That's going to burn up. But what God gives us is eternal, man. I mean, God is saying, listen, boys, it's okay that you can rejoice over the demons being subject to you. But pretty soon, there's going to be some boys in Arkansas that ain't going to be able to cast out de devils and demons. 
Matter of fact, I don't want no part to do with the exorcism business. Amen. I mean, just if there's not a door, I'll make one. It'll be about five foot nine, about that wide. Amen. I don't like that stuff. Amen. But they was rejoicing over the gourd. We rejoice over our kids playing basketball and baseball and there's nothing wrong with those things but I'm going to tell you something. It's kind of hypocritical when you can go to a ball game and shout your lungs out but you come to God's house and we're talking about eternal things and you're quiet as a mouse. That don't make no sense to me. Amen. So you need a preacher every now and then. Let's say quit rejoicing over the gourd and get right with God. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's went over about like I thought it would. And some will come to church even worship and raise their hands. Thank God for the mercy. And go right back into the wall. I'm just wondering how thankful you really are. Amen. And God prepared something else. He prepared a gourd, a gorgeous gourd. It was gorgeous, man. Beautiful shade. He loved the thing. Some of the things in your life are gorgeous too. And God's put them there. He's put him the, He's put him there because God gives you a little time. See, God puts screws down on you. And, he, and then he'll back them off a little bit just to see how you respond. And he'll say, all right, here's your chance. To get, and then he puts people in your life. He puts places and things in your life to, to, to give you the word of God so you can understand and get right with him. But if you don't, guess what's going to happen? The screws are going back down. Some of y'all have just been lifted up on a reprieve, but I'm telling you the screw's fixing to go back down. Amen. It was a gorgeous gourd, but here comes a gorging worm. In verse number 7, it says in, in, in chapter 4, verse 7, but God prepared a worm when the morning arose the next day. Who prepared it? God. And it smote the gourd that it withered. God said, worm, he's not only talking to fish, he can talk to worms too. That's some kind of God. And, and, and if he talks to fish and worms, then how come you ain't talked to him in a while? When's the last time you had a lasting conversation with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And you know, by the way, that's what separates us from animals. You say, well, animals got a soul. Yeah, animals don't have a soul. You got to, animals got a soul. Amen. But you know what separates us from animals is communication. Amen. God communicates with us to us through words. That's why he gave us a Bible. Amen. That's why this Bible's full of words. That's why we don't want none of the words messed with. That's why we don't want the words messed with. That's why we don't want none of the words messed with. Because God is communicating through words. 
but he, but he talks to fish. And apparently he talks to worms. And, and ain't that something? I, I mean, I look at it like this. <laughs> They's coming down. Jesus was riding on a donkey coming up. He's ascending from the Mount of Olives coming into Jerusalem. And it's, it's a day. <laughs> it's a day and a half. It's the kind of worship service that I long to be in. You call me crazy, call me whatever you want to, call me emotional, whatever you want to call me. I don't care what you call me, friend. I'm at this point, I've done seen too much, I've done felt too much, I've been too much, amen. I'm, I'm, I'm runt, man, I'm over on the other side, I'm bent the wrong way, whatever you want to call it, but that's my kind of service, amen. Hey, they're ripping down, tearing down palm branches and run them out and saying, glad Hosanna to the king. Everybody's involved. They're shouting and they're doing everything they can to raise a ruckus. My kind of meeting. Amen. And then, and then, and then, the, then, then those Pharisees, because there's always one in a crowd or two. Are you a Pharisee tonight? Are you the one that's always bad on worship? And when somebody starts shouting and somebody starts raising their hand, you're the one that starts getting uncomfortable and say, they ought to do something with that person. If you are, then you are a Pharisee. Just go ahead and write it in your Bible. I am a Pharisee. Hey, man. So they said, hey, why don't you make these disciples be quiet? They're raising a ruckus. And he said, if these shall hold their peace. The very rocks would cry out. Amen. And I'm telling you, I may be dumb as a rock scholar, but I don't need no rock praising for me. Amen. I've got the ability to do it. God said everything that hath breath, praise you the Lord. I've got some in my lungs. I've got some here. I've got some there. Amen. I've been wanting to throw a fit all night. Amen. But anyway, he talks to that worm. And he says, go ahead, eat all you want. It's a buffet. Mow her down. And he mowed her down. Amen. And then it's a point in your backslidden state when you're no longer comfortable in the presence of the Lord. You used to just come to meetings and go through the motions. But now it's got to worry if you just come to the meetings, it's just like, mm. It kind of leaves bad taste in your mouth because you ain't right. And, and God's putting the screws down. Amen. If, all right, so I'm going to hurry. I'm going to be done right here, all right? Y'all still with me? It, it happened fast. Almost as quick as the relief came, it was taken away. I'm just going to, I'm here to tell you, God knows how to put the pressure on. You say, preacher, how do you know all this? Because I know firsthand. I know firsthand. I know what it's like for God to put the screws. See, Lord called me to preach. But I said, no. You're going to have to find somebody else. And he said, you know what? I got some ways of making you do. 
said, Karen, we, was, we lived right there by Magic Springs. Me and Shan did. And we lived right there. Had Mike and we was carrying her out to the, what's that? Is that Magic Springs? That's the park there? Hot Springs there? Yeah, we lived in Hot Springs, right by Magic Springs. And we're, we're, going to, we're going to the park. And we're carrying, all of a sudden, her right arm, her right leg, her face droops. And it's like, oh, man, is she had a stroke? What's going on? Took her to the doctor. Took her to children's. Doctor said, we don't know what's wrong with her. God's putting screws. See, when I'm preaching tonight, I'm not just preaching because I want to. I'm preaching because I know what I'm talking about. Doctor said, we don't know. <clears throat> so I found me a room in there. Nobody was using. I got down on my knees. And I said, God, you know. And it was like heaven spoke back and said, you do too. And I said, yes, I'll do it. And it wasn't just a little while. The doctor come in and said, well, she has a, a, a nervous thing called, uh, it affects the nerves called Guillain-Barre. And, and, and in adults, it's really, really, really bad. But in kids, they can treat it. And so they gave her a shot of steroids and we took her home. God took away the gourd out of my life. And I was faced with a bitter possibility that I could die in that condition right there with no shade and no presence of God in my life. Amen. And then you get to verse 8 and we'll be done. God prepared something else. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said it is better for me to die than to live. Now notice what, man, he's hard hearted ain't he? He's worse than some of the Baptists that I've met. And God said to Jonah, do us not well to be angry for the gourd. He's still worried about the things God's been giving him. And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which come up in the night and perished in the night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left? And also much cattle. Is that 120,000? 120,000 that can't discern from their right hand from their left. That's, that's a bunch of people. Could you please show me your right hand? 
She, she thought about it. She hesitated a little bit. She wanted to get this and write this test. She wanted to pass. Thank you for passing it. Hey, Amen. I really didn't want to put you in that category. Could you show me your right hand? Very good. Ladies, would you, like, would you show me your right hand? Can you raise your right hand? Just guess which one you think it is. <laughs> Bubby, I don't want to ask you. Baby, would you raise your right hand? She just raised them both. <laughs> I think you all understand the point that I'm trying to make. There's 120,000 that couldn't discern between the right hand or the left. And Jonah cared more for the gourd than he did for children that were going to be How's your heart tonight? Is it all right? Huh? Has anything that I said tonight made any kind of difference or weighed any, made any kind of bearing on your life? Man, it's time to cull the gourds and get serious about this thing. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your pastor needs you there is a world out here and the age for being able to discern your right hand from your left is getting older because people are dumber than they was before. Amen. They are, ain't they? And it's up to us to reach out to them and preach the gospel and to be the light and the salt in their life. My, my. If you would, stand to your feet. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, but I ask that you stand to your feet. Would you admit that you've had enough and surrender to him tonight? I don't know. You may need to get saved. You may need to, you may need to surrender to preach or the mission field. I don't know what it is. Whatever the Lord's been trying to get you to do, what will it take? to get your attention.